Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King, joined here today by Jason Caldwell. We have a reaction episode for you guys here on this Wednesday evening. Hello also to everybody joining us on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Auburn's 2024 SEC schedule is now out. Um, luckily for us, Jason, they as soon as they said, let's go in alphabetical order, I was like, yes, because Auburn was obviously yeah. the second one. Second one up, we didn't have to wait the whole runtime of the uh, of the show to figure it out, but I'm going to put it on screen right now for our viewers. But uh, the four SEC opponents, of course, Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in the mix. They're, they're, they're crossing out divisions for 2024. But here are Auburn's eight opponents at home. You've got Oklahoma. That's obviously was kind of the headliner of today. Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt on the road. You keep Alabama and Georgia. Good on those for now. And then you're also playing Missouri and Kentucky away from Jordan-Hare Stadium. Jason, we'll get into the, the nitty-gritty here, you know, the, the different storylines that we've got going on. Um, but kind of give me your general takeaway once you saw this full schedule. In my opinion, I, I saw you talking about on the board a little bit too, pretty balanced when you're talking about a year or two for Hugh Freeze and, and kind of how he wants to improve this program. At least from, from you know, this distance away, seems like a decent chance for Auburn to have a, to have a good season. It's, it's a little more balanced than some of the schedules they've had in the past. Yeah, you, you knew you were going to have Alabama-Georgia away, so you knew that was going to happen. Um, the question was, what would the rest of the schedule look like and how different would it be than than what a normal schedule is? And it's wildly different than what a normal schedule is. I mean, when you look at it, uh, neither one of the Mississippi schools, no LSU. Um, that's that's a big difference for, for Auburn football. You're supposed to have Florida at home that year. You don't get that game. Instead, you get a, a very different schedule. This is about as – as an unfamiliar opposition at Jordan-Hare Stadium for four games as you could have for Auburn in, in SEC play. When you look at it, Arkansas did not come into the league until 1992, and far and away, that's going to be the team that has played Jordan-Hare Stadium the most uh, when, when when you get here this year. Texas A&M has played nine times. Auburn and Vandy, Vandy's only played at Auburn nine times in history. And they're, they're I mean, you know, they've played some home games, but they're played in Montgomery and Birmingham, different places. And then obviously Oklahoma's never been to, to Jordan Hare Stadium. And so um it's a very different home schedule. It's not one that it's gonna have a whole lot of sentimental value for Auburn fans. But as I as I wrote about um, you know, earlier tonight, those things are, are gonna change. It's just by byproduct of adding 16 teams, 
you're going to lose a lot of those games. You're going to have a lot of different games that come on. And so this is kind of a taste of that. But I think that's kind of the thing that looks I look at to me is, is it's just a very different Auburn schedule, trips to Kentucky, Missouri, places Auburn hadn't been to a bunch either. So it's uh, it's just kind of thrown up in the air. And I do think it is balanced. And I think the league did a really good job of trying to even this schedule out across the board. Yeah, if you look at every team's schedule, there, there's really not a bunch of uh... – I think uproar that could really that could come from a lot of these different programs. Um, the non-conference schedule, of course, Auburn is already set with the the SEC mandate. When they when they decided to go to eight games at spring meetings, they said every team has to play at least one Power Five opponent. Auburn obviously has that. Cal is going to come to Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, non-conference doesn't change at all. They've got Cal coming to Jordan Hare, all home games right now. Uh, New Mexico is coming to Jordan Hare, and then uh, maybe Terry Bowden and uh, if he's still at Louisiana Monroe. Will be uh, will be coming to Jordan Hare as well. Maybe that fourth opponent will end up being an FCS team, but that won't. That obviously won't change at all. You mentioned Oklahoma. Um, yeah, it's crazy that they haven't ever played them in the regular season. If they had drawn Texas, because every every team obviously played Texas or Oklahoma in twenty four. All the existing teams, of course, um, had them added to their schedule. They played Texas a bunch of times. I think eleven times in total, but only the Sugar Bowl, Jason. It's been two Sugar Bowls for Auburn and Oklahoma, two of the more storied programs um, in college football history. And that's going to be, I mean, that that is the headliner, of course, in terms of the home games here. Maybe a you know nighttime game, but uh, Oklahoma is getting a good taste of the SEC, obviously across the board. Um, but they're going to get a pretty big taste of it when they when they come to Jordan Hare Stadium for the first time. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, you know, you're like 1971 Sugar Bowl, uh, and then just a, a few years ago, um, obviously in, in New Orleans, so the two games in New Orleans, neither game Auburn played particularly well in. Um, so this is an opportunity to kind of. To, to get off to a good start with them in the league. And it's probably a pretty good opportunity and a pretty good time to catch Oklahoma. I mean, obviously they're, they're kind of rebuilding things as we just had, had a, a message flash up under Brent Venables. Uh, it's a much different Oklahoma program than it was even just a couple of years ago under Lincoln Riley. So, you know, if you're looking at Auburn going, Hey, if you're going to get Oklahoma at home, that's probably a pretty good time to get them. And then all this thing will be blown up again and we'll have something new in 2025. And so um, this is a one-time feel. We'll see how much of it carries over. But, yeah, getting Oklahoma at home, to me, was, was I thought, the, the the big part of this schedule. That's the one that you're looking at. You're going, where do you have Texas and Oklahoma? I figured with Alabama and Georgia being away that they weren't going to stick Auburn away at one of those two schools either. So getting Oklahoma to come to Jordan-Hare State is pretty big. I remember that first time Texas A&M came, it was a big deal. Um, it will be even more of a big deal when you think about Oklahoma coming in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
especially because Auburn will probably play a lot better than uh, than that team in 2012 did against against Texas A&M. That was not necessary. That would be the hope for sure. For sure, yeah. And you don't want to be wiped off the field by uh, by Johnny Manziel. You know, Jason, back when it was kind of the 3-6 argument and people were thinking there was going to be a nine-game schedule, which of course could be the play in the future, um, but for now they're sticking with eight. When people were making the arguments for permanent rivals, I personally thought Mississippi State would be a team that you could keep for Auburn because the only team that Auburn has played more than Mississippi State in their entire history is Georgia. Now you're not playing them. Mississippi State and Ole Miss are off this schedule. It's the first time since 1936 that Auburn has not played either of those schools. And that's like you said, that's just what we're going to have to kind of relearn in terms of the SEC these these divisional rivals that have kind of been generated over the past couple of decades, like an Ole Miss, like a like a Mississippi State, even somebody like Arkansas probably is going to get bounced. I would imagine the next year, maybe the year after that. But LSU is really the one. I saw Justin Lee earlier tonight made a good point, kind of likening it to when Florida got removed from Auburn as being a consistent rival. When Tennessee kind of got removed from that from that you know playing them every single year or at least pretty often. LSU will be back in the mix soon, but it is it is strange, like you said, to look at a schedule. Not only does it include doesn't include LSU, which has become a pretty prominent rival for Auburn in recent history, but I mean, again, the first time not playing both Mississippi schools since since 1936, especially Mississippi State has become a has become a really consistent opponent for Auburn. Yeah, you know, the LSU one was was it was a created rivalry. Um, you know, when the divisions came about in 1992. Auburn LSU didn't had not played a bunch before then. Um, they had a few games here there. Obviously, the earthquake game, Tommy Hodson was one of those, and they had a few of those games and played some in the seventies. But Auburn LSU was not a big rivalry game. The, the you know the the losses of the Tennessee and Florida games when it went to divisions were a much bigger deal to me. And 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 I think about it. I think about those more in relation to a, a Mississippi State because Auburn Mississippi State you're right have, have played a bunch. Auburn Ole Miss have played. Played a good bit, but not a, not nearly as much, uh, more than Auburn LSU had. Um, but yeah, the you know the, not having either one of the Mississippi schools right next door, um, that was a little bit surprising to me. Um, but obviously, you have to balance out a schedule, and when you have sixteen teams, you're just not going to have the ability to keep all the games that you want to keep. Yeah, LSU is the sixth most common opponent for Auburn in its history. Um, and then you mentioned Ole Miss. They're the ninth most common for Auburn ever. So still in that in that top 10. Um, right after them is Vanderbilt, which making it's only its second trip to Jordan-Hare Stadium since 2007. So that that's sort of when people looked at the divisions and they wanted to either A, scrap the divisions, or B, go to pods. It was for reasons like this. Like a, a team like Vanderbilt should be coming to Auburn more often than they are. Um, Auburn hasn't played at Kentucky since 2015. That was that Thursday night game. Um, Missouri 2017 was the last time um, they went there. So they're going to have an opportunity um, to get both of those back on the schedule here. And then the home games against Texas A&M um, and Arkansas as well are interesting because I, I, I kind of know that Oklahoma is obviously going to want to be trending in that direction. And what would be year three under Brent Venables, you kind of get the feeling that they're going to get their recruiting um, back up, but those are a little bit more of toss ups to me. I mean, obviously Texas A&M wants they, they think they have the talent base to, to return to that level. This season, I think, is going to decide where that goes for them because they, they could continue their downward spiral or they could kind of help themselves back up. But we were talking about it earlier, Jason. I mean, the, just kind of how this projects out 
for Hugh Freeze, you know, when you look at year one, you're saying, okay, three or four SEC wins would be really good for him. You get to seven or eight wins in year one. Coinciding now, the other conversation here is, is the college football playoff, Jason. It starts in 2024. I'm not saying I expect Auburn to be in the playoff, but as you look at, you know, wins that you can gather, this is what Hugh Freeze talked about at spring meetings. He said, I want what's best for us to make the playoff. He said, you know, are we going to be, if, if they end up playing nine games, are we going to be penalized for another SEC loss when we wouldn't have even had it if they didn't add that game? And so obviously they stick with eight games here, but, you know, playoff or not, I think as we sort of enter that era where it's going to be, hey, if Auburn goes nine and three, they're going to have a pretty good chance as a fringe playoff team. Um, again, I just think this schedule sets up pretty nicely. You never know what's going to happen. You never, you know, obviously we still have to play this season right in front of us, but I do think in terms of a progression, a year two for Hugh Freeze, it sets up pretty well for him to maybe six or seven games, obviously as maybe a baseline in year one. Um, I think it sets up nicely for him to improve on that with, with a couple more wins as you're trying to get back to that, that 10 win range, nine, 10 win range. Yeah. I think it's as, you know, as I mentioned, I, I think it's, it's a schedule that gives you an opportunity to, to compete and and maybe to compete for, you know, to a shot at, at making a championship game. If all, you know, obviously, you know what you get, you know, Alabama, Georgia going to be really difficult. Um, but you look at that and you go, look, opportunities with Oklahoma at home and, and every game, every other game you go, that's pretty winnable game. And and so you start thinking about the, you know, what's ahead. And, and you're right. I, I think a nine and three SEC team with the schedule that each of these teams are going to face are going to have an, an, an opportunity um, to have a chance to do that. And so, um, you know, this is, you know, this is, again, what you sign up for when you have uh, 16 teams in a league. Um, you're going to have some years where it, it you look at it and you go, man, that's pretty pretty rough. Um, you have other years where you go, I feel like that, that that gives you a chance. This is a schedule that I feel like gives Auburn a chance. I have a YouTube comment here that says, I'm more disappointed that Auburn's not playing Ole Miss than LSU. Freeze versus Lane has the potential of being an exciting rivalry. Yeah, I agree that that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, especially in Jordan hair um, yeah. this fall. Yeah. And you'll get it. You'll get one here. I, I thought for sure that the sec would, would send Auburn to Ole Miss in 2024, just to have that first game back uh, and have that opportunity there. Um, a little surprising that it didn't happen. Um, but again, it, it comes down to trying to balance out schedules and you're just not able to do all those things. Yeah, and, and they will balance out over time. Um, you know, looking ahead to like 2025, things are going to balance out by then. Auburn's not going to be without some of their more traditional opponents for more than a year. You know, they're not going to go two years in a row without playing LSU or anything like that. Uh, we had a comment asking about Texas's schedule. Yeah, I want to run through what Texas and Oklahoma have for their first years um, in the league. For Texas, they have home games against Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. So obviously – Georgia heading to Austin is going to be it's going to be pretty fun and then away games Arkansas Oklahoma is a neutral site Vanderbilt they're going to go to Nashville um, and then Texas Tech A&M we talked about that earlier this week Texas Texas A&M is coming back for 2024 you hope that's something that's going to be maintained for the future but um, you know this is the first time they're going to be playing since 2011 on the Oklahoma side their marquee matchup at least on their field Alabama at home they're welcoming Alabama to Norman, they also get South Carolina and Tennessee at home. That Tennessee game has a lot of potential. Talking about the Josh Heupel connections there. And then, obviously, the neutral side are against Texas. And then their away games, Auburn, they go to LSU. That'll be really fun as well. And they also Missouri and Ole Miss um, also on the away schedule 
for Oklahoma. So, um, Jason, if you don't have anything else, I think uh, I think we may wrap it there unless you unless you have some kind of parting comments here. Yeah, no, other than uh, you know what, you got to give Greg Sankey, her Benson, everybody at the Southeastern Conference a lot of credit. Right. You know, like hey, tried to figure out a way. It, it wasn't going to work right now to 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 completely blow up the schedule. But they figured out a way to make this one work for one year to kind of get them to 2025. I think they did a heck of a job. And, um, yeah, you know, you'd like to see some of those games. And I think we'll see more of those when we get to, to, the, to the traditional every year schedules. But um, for what they were able to do in this short of a time, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is a holdover. You know, it's just kind of patchwork. For right now, it could end up being the long-term solution. Um, but what Greg Sankey was saying was, look, we, we want to see how it affects the playoff. We want to see the playoff in 2024, um, see what the SEC's footprint is in that, um, and just kind of get your feet under you with a, with a super conference, you know, with a 16-team conference, see what that looks like, and then, you know, kick the can down the road and, and figure out what you're going to do in the future. And so thank you guys so much for joining us for this uh, reaction episode. Thanks for all of our uh, watchers there on YouTube and Facebook. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, go leave us a five-star review. It's the number one thing that helps us out. Until the next episode, for Jason Caldwell, I am Nathan. And we'll catch you guys later.